today. That's what you get for being so proud of our recordings from the previous two days. But at least the listeners get to have a double whammy of Olympopod bonuses today. Yeah, yeah. just like last time. We're, we're, <laughs> we're not doing it every day, but we are doing it twice every two days, it seems. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. If I were a listener, I'd take it. Yeah. Um, so how are you doing, Chris? How was the Olympics today? The Olympics were good today. It was a good Olympics day. Okay. And where should I start? Where, do, where, where what do you what do you want me to talk about? Well, I will say that when I was scanning the headlines earlier today, I saw that Sweden have beaten Team GB in the curling uh-huh. uh, yeah. to get the bronze, and there was a lot of headlines like Sweden thrash Team GB, or they annihilated, or they destroyed. There was a, there was a lot of it. It seems to have been a very decisive victory for Sweden. It was. They were eight one up, I think, or nine one up, uh, with one end to go. Oh, no, with two ends to go. Then Great Britain got a couple of points back, and they were like, "Ah, we can't do any more than that." So yeah, they gave gave up in the end. Real disappointment for the Brits who uh, were the world champions and, mm. you know, ended up in the worst position in sport, fourth place. Yeah. Now, I have to say, Chris, like, I've been really enjoying the curling. We love the curling anyway, but I do like the mixed events. And it does kind of raise the question of do we need men's and women's curling when we could just be having mixed events? Yes. And I'll tell you why. Because the mixed curling is now over, but we have two more weeks of curling left. <laughs> I was I was suggesting we expand the mixed curling schedule. Ah. But yes. No, and, and it is very important for our country, Denmark, because they're up next. They're up tomorrow. The men's team, Canada versus Denmark. I might be setting the alarm for that since, you know. We need to we need to fly the flag for Denmark. <laughs> you did promise a lot of Danish uh, a lot of Danish facts today. Oh uh, well, I hope there's more. <laughs> well, don't be expecting too many, Chris. <laughs> but no, okay. well, well, one of the things was is when I was looking up then about the curling, I realised that we kind of need to have the men's and women's event because Denmark are representing in both of those, and. This year, Denmark have sent 62 athletes. There's three men, 29 women. That's more than twice the number they've ever sent to a Winter Olympics. That's partly because they've sent two ice hockey teams. So right. that does that does make your team bigger. Uh, but yeah, maybe this year Denmark will double their medal haul, their all-time uh, medal haul. Double from one to two. Yes. When was that Danish medal, Ruth? That Danish medal, am I right in saying 98? Are you? It was 1998. Yeah. It was a silver medal. In the curling. In the curling, in the women's competition. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yes, with uh, famous Danes, uh, Jane Bidstrup, Dortha Holm, Helena Black, Lovsen, Laverson, Laverson, Margaret Pertner, and three Nyquist mm. heroes for our Danes. Uh, yeah, so maybe there'll be a second one. But while Denmark are shite at winter sports, you know who's not? And you mentioned them there before. 
Sweden. <laughs> Top of the table. And a 1-2 today in the women's cross-country sprint. Mm. Which is particularly exciting because this is my kind of connection to an athlete at these games because uh, it was won by Jana Sundling, who won it by what can only be described a canter when you consider how short the sprint actually is. She absolutely demolished the field. But in second place and a real battle there was Maya Dalkvist, who I don't know, (laughs) but I do know her brother, Hampus. Uh, because I played beach handball with him. He plays beach handball for Sweden. And yeah, his sister Maya is a much better athlete, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, the Olympic pot has won a medal. That's it, yes. I think we can claim that by uh, by a very, very dodgy connection that uh, we got a silver medal. Well done to Maya and to Jana Sundling. And uh, that's the first Olympic medal for Maya Dalkvist, so that's particularly nice. Mm. Uh, it was really funny. I watched the race. Um, three Swedes in the final of six athletes in there, and the three of them went out early uh, in the front, and the commentators were freaking out on Swedish TV. They're like, "Don't get in each other's way. You're too close." <laughs> they imagined like a, a speed skating incident where they'd all take each other out at the first corner, but. Uh, no, they they all survived, and uh, two of them uh, made it first and second place. So uh, that was nice. And Johannes Kleber from Norway made up for his disgraceful fortieth place in the skiathlon by winning the men's sprint for Norway. Way. So he will no longer be burnt at the stake when he comes back to Oslo. No, this performance was not just ass. <laughs> It wasn't that the performance was ass. He was saying he was all ass. Yes, he was not all ass this time. He was all, he had some quads in there as well. Very good. Very good. Um, Well, staying on the. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll take, I'll take your, I'll take your word for it. Staying on the ski slope. The listeners may not know this, but you know this. I have an irrational fear. And it's it's not irrational in the sense that it could happen. It's just irrational that's unlikely to happen to me. But I have an irrational fear of compound fractures mm. to the extent that, you know, I have my contingency plan ready for if I have a compound fracture or if someone near me has a compound fracture, just so that I can deal with the situation when it happens because it would be my worst nightmare. And there was a compound fracture. I, I was not prepared for this in the giant slalom alpine skiing. Oh. Yeah, brought to our attention by former guest, Olympic royalty and acquaintance of the show, Bill Mallon. Yeah, Nino O'Brien from Team USA, open fracture of the tibia. How did you deal with it? Uh, I tried to think of something else and now it's back in my head again. Oh. Mm. But you know what? Some You know what? Some good news. That was in the... A giant slalom for skiing mm-hmm. but you know where there's less of a chance of getting a compound fracture i'm guessing <laughs> snowboarding and there was good news there as esther ledetska from the czech republic won gold she's planning on also winning a gold on the skis mm. so she's planning on doubling up she is a true uh dual threat in this regard so won the parallel giant slalom in snowboarding and we'll look to double up 
later in the games on the skis. Mm. Very interesting. Chris, I might be jumping ahead too far, but mm. in two days' time, I'm very excited because the skeleton begins. And it made me start thinking, What? which would you prefer? Would you rather Herschel head down a hill or feet down a hill? Feet down a hill. Mm. So that, that was my thought too, easy. Except then I was thinking, are you more likely to get compound fractures, <laughs> legs down? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking in case I ever have to make the choice. <laughs> I, I think the collision that would cause a compound fracture for your legs would, not, would be better than what it would do to your head. Mm, mm, I take your point. You don't want a compound fracture in your head. Mm. <laughs> I hear what you're saying. Um, <laughs> you may not know anything about it afterwards. Yeah. At least you won't be there to um, to react to it. Mm. At the very Has least. there ever been anyone who's done the crossover in modern times uh, from the skeleton and the luge? Because they kind of have different body shapes. The athletes, you mean? Yeah. yeah that's a good question. Um, don't know. Yeah. That's that's something to that's research something, tonight for, yeah. to, to, to let you know tomorrow. More, that's more a fact you should approach the podcast with rather than throw out <laughs> in the air. So, <laughs> look, we're learning. We're learning. We're learning. We're learning as we go along. Anything else happened today? Eileen Goo won gold in the big air with a trick she had never tried before. Ooh. What a way to win it. Eileen Goo. That is impressive. Who uh, was raised, I think also born in California, but made the big decision a few years ago to represent her mother's home country, China, and try to win three gold medals at these games, at these home games for her. Needed a big trick in the big air to win it. Um, her mother, at the bottom of the jump, was trying to give her advice and saying to do the 1440, so uh, mm-hmm. 1440 degree, uh, to, you know, Get a get a safe silver medal. And according to Goo, she said, Mom, executive call here, vetoed. I'm going to make the 1600 and you're going to have to deal with it. And she did it, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> which is wonderful. Um, she's been the center of a lot of questions and, and minor controversy in the, uh, the winter sports world uh, with her decision. To represent China in the end, uh, a decision she only made when she was, I think, fifteen. She's only eighteen now. Uh, it's probably more yeah. the Americans saying, "Wait a second, they could be our gold medals." But basically, she's trying to. Um, well, she very much feels like she belongs to both nations and uh, sees her role as more of a, a bridging one than anything else. And yeah, putting a putting out a, a, a pulling off a trick like that to win gold something you've never done before is phenomenal in what is a brilliant event i think i mentioned this yesterday the the big air i was talking about the men on that occasion watching the women today amazing and kirsty muir from the great britain as well 17 years old in fifth place she just fell on her last attempt which could have put her into the medals apparently she's even better in another event so yeah good news for great britain as well they could have a medal coming up at some point soon uh, amazing event and uh, a great winner in Eileen Goo. 
And in the men's single skating short program, did you catch any of that? I didn't. No. Well, Nathan Chen had a, a practically flawless routine and he scored a world record uh, routine with 113.97 points. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> Just like, I mean, that means absolutely nothing unless you see it. A lot of points. Uh, except, except that, exactly, it's a lot of points. And yeah, he's, he's, he's more than five points ahead of Yuma Kagiyama. From Japan. Looking at this, I mean, it seems to be a huge difference. Like, he's up at 113 points, then Kagiyama and Uno in second and third place, both in the hundreds. And then fourth place is down in 99. So that's a big, big old difference. Good to see mm-hmm. Georgia in there in the top five with Maurice Kvitashvili. Uh, there you go. That's not a, not, a, not a country I would have expected to see do so well in uh, figure skating, but... Yeah. Now, someone not doing too well is Yuzuru Hanyu, and he was bidding to become the first man to win three consecutive titles since. Oh, since uh, Gilles G- uh, Grefstrom? Correct. Gillis. Gillis Grefstrom. In 19. 19- Shit, that's good knowledge. Since 1928. I'm impressed with me. <laughs> Can't believe I remember that thing we talked about before. and if you don't know who that is you should be going back and listening to more olympopods sweet yeah okay uh yeah he's uh, he's not gonna win is he no he is not gonna win well it looks like as you've just read out the points it would it would need some quite big blunders from the leaders uh to make up and even then unlikely unlikely i did read somewhere that nathan chen when COVID hit, he had to leave his training camp and he just started watching lots of videos as training and had a giant drop box uh, for his training. Uh, it obviously worked well. Yeah. Because here he is. Nice. Up ahead. Yeah. There's um, something else I watched today in the early morning was the men's biathlon. And mm. I feel like on these daily Olympopods in the summer, in particular, we mentioned this yesterday, there was a lot of criticism of the shite commentary, but I'm going to give some uh, positive shout kudos. outs today, some kudos okay. to Rob Walker and his commentary of the biathlon, because he he clearly loves it and he knows what he's talking about. At one point, mm. he even said, it was like, now, biathlon nerds, bear with me. We're trying to get people into the sport here. <laughs> it's like, it's like, here's just something for, like, kind of apolo- half apologizing for over-explaining some things at times and at the same time acknowledging that there are different levels of, of expertise and knowledge, which I think was really nice. Um, I loved his description of the biathlon at one point saying, imagine running 800 meters flat out and then being asked to hit a bullseye on a dartboard. And I thought, yes, let's have that as a thing. (laughs) But not with runners, not with runners, but with darts players (laughs) having them, having them run 800 meters and then having to uh, hit the darts and then do it a few more times. Yeah, and what like an in- inclusive sport that oh could my be goodness, yes. to really broaden the Olympic family. Uh, that would be incredible. Would be incredible. The only thing better would be like our ice foosball yeah. and have them in bowling shoes and do the 800 meters on an ice rink in bowling shoes 
and then doing the darts. There's lots of possibilities here, Chris. I mean, it's going to be a revolution. You said that he had a lot of technical language and observations. Did you learn anything brand new from immersing yourself into his commentary today? Well, I learned this one yesterday while watching the women's one, that actually the the hole you have to shoot into when you're laying down is smaller than when you're standing up because you have the two positions in ah. uh, in, biathlon, in this form of biathlon and you do two rounds when you're laying down and because you have more time to settle like a better better grip of the situation and to set yourself it's actually a lot smaller so you see when they do the close-ups of the uh the targets that people are hitting the the wider black target but it doesn't count they have to get it in like a much smaller hole uh, and then when they're standing up they go for the normal target so really uh, fine margins and particularly today you couldn't afford to miss a lot in fact the guy who finished in second place from belarus whose name was anton smolsky basically the reason he finished in second is because he didn't miss and uh Quentin fion maie from france won it the, the guy who many people thought would be the quickest johannes thignes burr he had uh, a miss too many and finished in third place. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a day for the precise shooters. Chris, I think that biathlon fact is the factiest fact we've ever had on the Olympopod. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, and in this one, also, uh, you had an automatic minute of your time added on for every miss. So, in some forms, like we spoke about. Uh, with uh, in an unformed sense with the lap around sometimes that's the case but uh, in this case you automatically get a minute added to your time so it was really was brutal and that's why you couldn't afford to miss yeah i think i either prefer that you have to keep on shooting oh. or you get the minute i don't like the lap rule and he wouldn't like this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so that was that was fun and so yeah big props to rob walker for his commentary there and um oh italy won the mixed doubles curling by the way they <laughs> we talked we talked about the bronze medal game uh <laughs> which sweden won but italy beat norway in the final that just finished okay. before we uh, started recording so Stefania Constantini and Amos Mosaner won it. And they won every single match they played in the competition. 11 out of 11. Amazing. Ah. Amazing. And talking about stuff that we should have mentioned, but we didn't. Yesterday, Denmark beat Czechia in the women's ice hockey. 3-2. Yes. The first ever uh, Olympic... Victory for and Denmark's women. Right, yeah, I think right now they're playing Sweden in a game. Whoever wins basically makes it through to the quarterfinals. So it's, uh, yeah, we can check back on that tomorrow in a proper Scandinavian battle. Uh, so so who do, you, who do you support in that, Chris? Like, do you go with Denmark? Oh, Denmark's our country. Are, yes, 100%. Who is our country? Yeah, yeah okay. Okay, Easy. good. Easy. Good. Oh, th- that was that was just a test no, no, no. <laughs> to test your loyalty. No worries there. Uh, <laughs> we talked a little bit about 
the uh, Slovenian, no, the Canadian girl who got disqualified, right? Mm. From and then got a then bronze. Got a bronze, and then yep. I sent you a link today. There was a raft of disqualifications in that team event, which I was only catching up on this morning, and uh, the Germans in particular were calling it an absolute shit show, basically. And then I was thinking, I know why having too much clothes or too heavy would be an advantage. Because of the, of wind. the wind, that keeps you up. Ah. Like if you have it flapping around your knees or something, that is actually an advantage to keep you up a bit longer. Uh, so they're apparently, they're, well, not apparently, clearly they are hyper strict about it. And uh, much to the Germans' dismay. Are you researching? No, I, I just, it's, it's the match on right now, Sweden, Denmark. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it is. Let me uh, get up my... I just want to see what the score is so that we can say what the live score is. Let's get up my discoveryplus.se. See what's going on here. This is thrilling stuff. This is all staying in. Oh. Oh, it's... um, So the second period is over, and it's 2-1 to Sweden. Oh, come on, Denmark. Yeah, so one period left. Um, yeah, we'll we'll report back tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> we'll report back, but again, um, maybe we you're... won't. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> maybe we'll yeah, forget. Yeah, and also if if you're holding on, just waiting for us to report the score, um... it's the wrong podcast. <laughs> Keep the flame alive is better for that. They actually have someone in China, and they're actually talking about everything that happens every day. That's their thing. <laughs> And, and we're not gonna thing. we're not gonna take that away from them because they're better at that. We are here for <laughs> random takes on things. Mm, yes, we are. But yes, we are. At, Do we have anything else to randomly to randomly have takes on today? I, I mean, the the main thing for me is uh, like it's great for Sweden or Denmark, whoever wins and um, qualifies for the next round. I, that's assuming I think they have to win. They can't win in overtime. Um, Denmark, because then they'll be level on points with China, and then they won't qualify. This is not like I just said. This is not the podcast for that. But if they, whoever, if they qualify, then their reward is facing Canada in the quarterfinals, oh, which no! um, yeah, is a bit of a uh, well, it will be a kick up the arse. So, but look, Denmark are gonna be all ass. Yeah, they will be all ass. All right. But, or or we will have an absolutely historic upset. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be talking about it on this pod for I was about to say decades to come, but I'm not sure we have decades to come in us. <laughs> but we'll be talking about it for episodes to come. Yeah. The great the great Danish victory against Canada. Uh but yes, they have to win this match first. Uh so <laughs> And they're not. A lot of ifs. But anyway, we just wanted to check in with our Danish listeners. We still remember you. Ja, go to skate, Denmark. Ska vi se hej och vi ses igen imorgon. Ja. Ja. Gott.